At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash MoneyScout. Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's all-natural acid and indigestion relief. A drug-free remedy for human nature. Available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please support this podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talco Supremo. Comedic legend Bill Murray described politics best when he said, quote, So if we lie to the government, it's a felony. But if they lie to us, it's politics. Personally, the only politics I ever learned was from House of Cards, pre-Kevin Creepy Days. But the one thing I do know is that the system is completely built on kickbacks, favors, and empty promises of lower taxes. It's a wazzy, it's a woozy, it's a... And the one thing that you never do as a politician is to take it personal, because it could kill you. Literally, it killed this guy. Can I just interrupt real quick and say, I threw that quote in there for you, Bill Murray. Now, you don't know me or you haven't been answering any of my phone calls or getting my letters, perhaps. But we do have a live show in Charleston coming up and you live in Charleston. Just throwing that out there. We are going to be live. Yeah, I know, but I wasn't sure. (laughs) I'm going to be having. I don't like the way that sounds. All right. So very exciting news. We have a a brand new live show coming up next month. Less than a month away, actually. Mm -hmm. It it is um, three weeks from Saturday, July 11th at Snafu Brewery in our hometown of Charleston. Super pumped. Get your tickets. It is very limited because of COVID. Um, We have to make it safe and socially distant. So there is only going to be 50 tickets. Yeah. So So get them now. They will go quick. You want to make sure that you get yours before other people get yours. I want to take a sip of the drink. Have you tried it? This is called, I don't know. It's called the wet money. Ooh. Ooh. It is. I like that. Oh, I just got a whole bunch of like it's sugar a, on my lip. It's a little tart. Um, it is white rum or I got, which is almond syrup, and lime juice. It almost tastes like a key yes. lime. It does. Yeah, because it does. the hint was treasurer. It does taste like key lime pie almost. Mm-hmm. It was like that shot that I had la- that one time that was yeah. not as good as I expected, but still good. Yeah, but this this actually tastes like key lime. That one tasted like something that was supposed to taste like key lime. That goes down very nice. That's a great summer drink. Where are we going? Who are we killing tonight? Okay, treasure. I think we're going to New York City, and this is a Wall Street story. And this has to do with a money manager gone crazy when he loses a shit ton of money and he kills people. Ooh. 19... 19- 82. I think we're going to Washington, D.C. I think that the victim is the treasurer of some big organization. And I think that we're going to... And I think that the, the killing the killing is money motivated. Do y'all know what a treasurer is? Yes, actually. I was treasurer of the Spanish National Honor Society, of which oh, I did nothing. I've lost. See, I also won an award. Wow. In my freshman year of college. It was a third place bronze medal. Congratulations. No, it was an excellence in Spanish award. Oh, gracias. Participation medal. <laughs> De nada. 
Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are, cause they're a surprise. Yum. Oh, now I know why those are so popular. I bet oh. my liver is fucked. Yeah. I just thought about that. Like, I didn't even, I couldn't even taste the shot. Just like, uh, no, some more alcohol. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Let's my, just fucking bypass the liver. My A1C went down a point and a half. So this alcohol is clearly not affecting my sugar as adversely as I thought it was. There you go. So, John. Yeah. You've been saying all day how excited you are for this story. I have not been saying that. Yes, yeah. you have. This is... The anticipation's been building. Such a great story. Ah! You guys have never heard of this story. I'm... Ever. Are you sure? And it's such a fantastic story. It's heartbreaking, but it's very fascinating hmm. to research and to tell. There's no other podcast on any podcasting platform that has covered this story. If you're younger than 45, you have not heard of this story. I can promise you that. Your parents probably have. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Well, let's, we'll have to ask mom. Yeah, ask your mama. Well, She's I can't ask it. her anything right now. I don't know the story yet. Well, so. we are going to Pennsylvania. So if oh. you're in Pennsylvania, you, you probably heard of this story. Okay. All right. We're going to around Hershey. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's where um, the Amish. office is fil- filmed, right? Scranton. Scra- Scranton. Scranton. Uh, Scranton is not really near Hershey. No. Don't wait or hesitate. The treasure of the 80s. The treasure of the 80s. It reminds me of the Duck and Cover song. I don't know that one. Duck and Cover. The Honorable Bud Dwyer. (laughs) This right here is Bud Dwyer. He's a big dude. The video you're seeing right now is him accepting the position of state treasurer in Philadelphia. Or excuse me, in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Now, Pennsylvania at the time, 12 million people. So that's a pretty big responsibility. The treasurer, obviously, as you guys know, handles all the money for the government. And, you know, the governor expenses, he approves all the contracts for the buildings and the bridges and all this stuff. They do all that stuff. That's what a treasurer is. So this video right here is him getting accepted. And, yeah, like Nicole said, he's very tall. (laughs) Repeat after me. I, R. Bud Dwyer. I, R. Bud Dwyer. Do solemnly swear. Do <laughs> with the girl. Support, <laughs> obey, and defend. That I will support, obey, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of this Commonwealth. And the Constitution of this Commonwealth. And that I will discharge the duties of my office with fidelity. And that I will discharge the duties of my office with fidelity. Congratulations. Oh, there's two ball cuts there. Mm. All right. Can we listen to his theme song again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I thought you would never ask. <laughs> Bud Dwyer for president of the 80s. Don't wait for Dwyer. Dwyer for treasure of the 80s. That's all you need is your own freaking jingle to be elected. <laughs> That's better than our intro. That's it. (laughs) Okay, guys, if you're listening to this at home right now, and I know I say this all the time, go to talkmer.com and follow along. But this is very important. Go there right now. I will put a 30-second break starting right now, and we will wait for you to click on this video. I want you guys to watch this video when you hear ours playing. It's very important. Please watch this video with me. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, look. Where's Drake? This is Bud Dwyer. Vote Dwyer, treasurer of the 80s. 
So right now, if you're watching the video, Bud Dwyer is handing out envelopes. And I'm going to get to why he's doing this. But I want to show you how we got from where we were, his campaign advertisement, Whoa. to now. Hell. He's wielding a 357 Magnum pistol. Yeah, look at his nose. Don't panic, please. Don't panic. Don't panic. Someone call the doctor. Look at all the blood coming out of his nose. Holy shit. All right. How's that for shock value? Maybe I should have warned you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if I'll be able to sleep at night. We just watched also, the guy kill himself. Also, I think himself. you should warn the people. He just says, please, do not operate everything. this. Do not watch this if you're operating a vehicle. It almost, like, happened so quick. I couldn't tell if he actually he shot himself or if yeah. somebody shot him. The last thing he says is, step back. This could hurt somebody. That's going to be important. He then puts the 357 magnum if you haven't watched the video yet he puts a 357 magnum barrel into his mouth and he pulls the trigger and it goes directly through the top of his head and then i've never seen someone get shot in the mouth like that but the amount of blood it was like a waterfall of blood coming from his nose that's why i'm saying you have to see this video but here is where he says Listen to when he says, this will hurt somebody. This will hurt somebody. And then you see him pull the trigger. Look at all that blood. It's just oozing out. There's like brain matter to you. It is just, it is like a waterfall. Oh, it is a waterfall. I didn't know that much blood would come out. There are a lot of blood vessels up there. There's still one more time. This is when he shoots himself. This will hurt somebody. Oh, right there. Boom. Look at his face. It's all distorted. You can see it coming out of the top of his head. Okay. Well, can't say I've never seen anyone shoot themselves again. All right. So as Nicole said, I do need to provide a warning for you guys before we go any further. That but video. you gotta put that before they watch the video, <laughs> not after. Oh, shit. What's the fun in that? Fuck. Can we take another shot? Damn it. <laughs> I don't think my stomach can handle that. Uh, what did y'all think little... was gonna happen? He was gonna shake everyone's hand? I don't know. I thought he was gonna shoot someone else. Yeah. I thought he was gonna shoot somebody that he was gonna hand. He was handing the envelopes. Yeah, because he was like, "Where's Greg? Where's Greg?" Was that like his his uh, suicide note that he yeah, was handing so out? Yeah, so he's actually handing out suicide notes. Oh, whoa. It's, uh, but no one got it and no one opened it in time. And I'm going to get to this, but this press release was right before he was about to go to prison, which we're going to get into. But he oh. had a whole statement prepared. And then when you saw him pull the 357 Magnum out of that manila envelope, let me go back and show you the, the envelope. You quickly see that people get worried and start screaming. So he had to hurry up. He was going to wield the Magnum and then continue his speech. But when people saw that gun, they panicked. When I, and I, you see? See, everyone's screaming. People are kind of rushing up there. He says, just the moment, you know, he's finishing his speech which he had prepared and he didn't get a chance to because people were trying to come up and this guy didn't want to shoot anyone. He didn't want to hurt anyone besides himself. And that's why he did it right there, which we'll get into. So any questions before we get started? This is the treasure, the Bud Dwyer. For oh, course. yeah. Yeah. So how did we go from there to here? That's what I want to know. And that was on January 22nd, 1987. Now, some sad things about that. Uh, his kid was actually watching. Oh, his wow. son was watching the uh, live broadcast. Was this, this was on TV? This was on TV, yeah, because no one expected it. And it was being filmed live. And 
you know, now it's, Black. I mean, it's part of history, you know. But, yeah, they kept filming because no one expected him to pull a gun out and shoot himself. Everyone thought he was just going to kind of, you know, explain what was going on. No, no one knew this. But if you do watch the whole video, which this is just the last snippet where he starts the press release, with hindsight, you can kind of tell that he was going to do it because he's almost like giving his last testament kind of thing. I'll, I'll show you the whole but, video I here mean, in a second. I mean, you could also think if he, if he was about to go to prison, you said he could be just kind of... Yeah, stepping, I, I know, but, you know, you know it, if, you, if you knew what was going to happen, then hindsight, you know. Well, hindsight but, is twenty twenty. That'll be the statement for this year. I literally thought about that when I was driving to work. I was like, that would be a great slogan for this meme for the for this year. <laughs> this year, we should make a meme out of it. And I haven't done that yet. Just like all the other TikToks I've planned. And each thinking. you can have a window for like all the shit that's happened in each month of so far in 2020. Right. Australia wildfires and. It, Trump's impeachment and oh yeah, this has been oh, a yeah. year, it man. Really has been. Kim Jong Il or Un died, but then didn't die. Yeah, did we ever get closure on that? He alive? He alive? Yeah, he's oh. good. Sadly, he's good. Twenty twenty eight over yet. <laughs> All right, Bud Dwyer. He's a pretty handsome looking guy. Now he's the tall one right there. Yeah, back in the day. Now, him. give me your first impressions of this guy. He is a big dude. I mean, about He's his... He's got to be like 6'4". About his personality. I mean, obviously, he was going to prison. I told you that. You know, why would he do this? I mean, he's obviously guilty, right? Like, tell, tell me, what do you think? What's your thoughts? He looks like a friendly guy. Um, perhaps nerdy, but, you know, is he is he an I accountant? I think that he might have been no, a former athlete. No, he's the treasurer. Athlete. I know. I mean, before he became oh, yeah, the treasurer. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He was from a very small town, kind of middle class, not affluent whatsoever. None of his family were in politics at all. So for him to make it to the political position of the state treasurer is is pretty credible. You know, it's a pretty, pretty impressive thing because he has no family members that are politicians that can influence him. You know, was he aligned or endorsed by Bush and Reagan because he had that in their ad? Uh, just like he no, was like, not, oh, vote Republican. No, not him, but the the governor at the time, which we're going to talk about, Thornburg, was endorsed by by Bush Reagan. Yeah, if you guys watch Stranger Things, that guy, that uh, kid was wearing the Bush Reagan yeah. shirt. No, no, it was a sign they had in front of their uh, house. Yeah. I think. Yeah. All right, he's from a very small town in uh, Pennsylvania. He went to Algany College in 1962 where he got his bachelor's degree. He majored in political science and accounting. Then he went back to get his master's degree in education because he liked teaching so much. Okay, and go to talkmore.com to see all the, the photos. I found a lot of the uh, really cool-looking uh, campaign stuff from the 80s. Like the signages and the the buttons and stuff, you know, with the kind of the bright mm-hmm. red, white, and blue kind of mm-hmm. 80s font. Retro. You know? Yeah, retro stuff. He met his wife, Joanne, when he was a student at university. She was an English teacher. He spent a year in Poland, and this year in Poland is really what got him on the political track that he ended up on. Because in Poland... And I don't know about now because I don't know Polish matters. I'm sorry. But at least at the time, they were a communist nation. And he goes over there and he sees communism firsthand. And it impacted him so much, even though he was only over there for one year. He was doing the study abroad thing with Mm -hmm. his university that he decided to stop teaching and everything and try to get into politics so he can make good influential changes to the system so we won't go down that communism communism route Mm. yeah communist poland man i'm sure that was no joke now bud dwyer is a huge dude as you see from the pictures but he's very personable once he got into office he would take calls from people that oh my roof is leaking um there's a pothole in in my driveway you know i can't pay my mortgage this month Bud Dwyer was the type of guy that if you call him and say, I can't pay my mortgage, he'll go down to the bank and he will 
personally, as a the treasurer, he'll personally negotiate for you. That's how per, that's how that's how good of a person he is, and but, that's how. But was he paying for them? With no, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, okay. No. I wasn't no, sure if saying, that was the route. No, no, you're no, no. Going. That's not the route. I'm saying what I'm what I'm trying to say is he's the type of politician you always want to be there. You want to trust, and he's always doing the right thing. He listened to his constituents. From what I learned about Bud Wire and his past. He's not a good politician. And the reason I say that, have you guys seen House of Cards? Yes. No. Okay. Yeah, fuck Kevin Spacey. I get it. But such a good show though. What did you what did you ultimately learn from that show? About politics. It's dirty, man. It's dirty. Politics is dirty. So if you're a politician, if you're a politician like Bud Dwyer, you have to be damn sure not to take the dirtiness personal. And I believe that's what his ultimate demise was, you know, on that... Because uh, he was too good of a guy, you on mean? On that January day in, in 1987. It's because he took things personally, which we'll get to. I feel like that's why I will never run for a political office. Like, I don't... I don't know. I so, that jingle's going to go to waste. So this jingle I'm about to show you was when he was getting reelected. Now, this isn't really his style. It was kind of a mudslinging, kind of like... kind of Every like, fucking election is like yeah, that, Yeah, kind of like every election where, oh, this candidate is, you know, having affairs with strippers. And, That's what it's all about. How can you undermine the credibility of your opponent? Exactly. And that wasn't really Bud's cup of tea but he did go down that road he because did go... we elect based on personality and the persona over party line usually it's getting a little bit more entrenched right now but once upon a time in the land of pennsylvania lived al benedict king of the auditors with your tax money king al hired some real bad eggs Michael Hanna Sr. indicted for selling state jobs. Nick Satis convicted for selling state jobs. John Kerr convicted for selling state jobs. If we let Al Benedict get his hands on our state treasury, we're the ones who'll have egg on our face. Bob Dwyer's running on his record. We can't afford to let King Al run with his. It's a good ad, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vote. B- I'd be like, hell yeah, Bud. <laughs> Vote Bud Dwyer. Reelect Bud. When Bud Dwyer came to office as a state treasurer, he was Republican. Mm-hmm. Now, the governor at the time, Thornburg, which we're going to talk about here now, was also Republican. Mm-hmm. So immediately the treasurer's coming in and Thornburg, you know, was like, oh, sweet, Republican. It put Bud in a good light with mm-hmm. the governor. However, that did not last very long at all. And as I'm going to continue to tell you about Bud Dwyer's personality, you'll see that this guy is a straight arrow. Okay. In fact, since Bud Dwyer has been in office, it's the first time the state of Pennsylvania has had a balanced checkbook in the mm. last 50 years. Wow. So Bud Dwyer gets in office and he does not take any shit and he cuts costs on things he can and he makes sure all the numbers are correct. Got okay. It. Seems good so far. Seems great so far. But however, there's a problem because the governor at the time, Thornburg, he didn't really understand that. You know, like for instance, when he flies out to Nevada or New Mexico to do some work or whatever. He brings his wife, which is fine. You know, mm-hmm. you get one room and then the taxpayers pay for it. That's that's the whole point. Right. But now when you bring your wife and she has to get her own plane ticket because you want her to go with you. Technically, the taxpayer shouldn't pay for that. There you go. You see where I'm going down now. Mm. Yep. Okay. So. So Dwyer, so Dwyer was a stickler in saying like. He no, was no, a stickler. Yeah. Your wife going to buy her own ticket. There you go. Seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. But to say that to the governor when you first come into office, you know, it didn't really sit well. So this newspaper clipping right here describes the governor and his wife getting denied her airfare ticket by Bud Dwyer. So not only did he say no, but he made it a public event. He he held a press release 
to explain no. to the public why they should not be paying for the governor's wife to extra fly. tickets. Yeah. For the governor's wife wife to fly with him. Not only that, the governor had two sons and they were both doing out of state tuition. And guess who was fronting that cost? The taxpayers. Hmm. Okay, not only that, they had like private security from the police and everything else. The police actually complained that they were being chauffeurs for the governor and they were just wasting their time being chauffeurs. Guess who's paying for all this? Taxpayers. But Dwyer gets in there and is like, that's not going to happen anymore. As you see from this newspaper clipping right here, it says, won't fly. Thornburg's bill rejected because of wife's airfare. So. Now you just stepped into office and you made it public that the governor is skimming and cheating the taxpayers. This is not going well for him. So how many terms had the governor served before um, Dwyer got into office? This doesn't sound like something that a brand new governor would try to pull. It sounds like someone that has. Yeah, I mean, he's been there for a while. That's a good point. So he's not used to somebody yeah, it's not like them. he's straight stealing money. It's just, he's, it, yeah. it's just he's, he's like laissez. He's doing yeah. what everybody else probably everyone does. else would do. It he's just laissez faire with it. Yeah, let my wife come buy her ticket. You know, whatever kind of thing. He's not a finance major, you know. And Bud Dwyer, that's his job. So when he sees these charges, he's like, why? Why should the taxpayers have to pay $750 for your wife to fly with you for two days when she can stay at home? Yeah. She doesn't have to go with you. Well, you don't if have to she be a... wants to go with you, you buy her ticket. You don't want you don't have to be a finance major to know that that's not right. The governor may have known it was not right, but it's like it's yeah, like really. who gives a shit, yeah. you know what I'm saying kind of thing. It's like we used to do that shit all the time with the military. You know, we would lie about little stuff that they're never going to check anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I know. Or or it's like you, I, I can think of plenty of examples. Yeah, I mean. But. It's like that chair you uh, took back to Amazon. Yeah, because I want your chair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have 90 days to return it, so why not? State Treasurer R. Bud Dwyer has refused to pay an $8,498.50 travel bill submitted by Governor Thornburg because it included $1,680.44 in airfare for the governor's wife, who accompanied him on a European trade mission. Dwyer said yesterday that he rejected the bill because the state law prohibits the use of state funds for travel expenses of relatives of state officials. Moreover, Dwyer said that the governor's aides had said publicly that Ginny Thornborough, Thornbur, sorry, I'm thinking of Elijah uh, Thornberry. Thornberry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's Thornburg. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was oh. just thinking of whatever popped in my head. The wild Thornberry. Um, moreover... Dwyer said the governor aides had publicly said that Jenny Thornburg, the governor's wife, would be paying her own travel expenses. He basically told the governor to fuck off. <laughs> publicly. In po- politicians' terms, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, to do that is one thing, but to do it publicly, oh, man. So it seems like he's all about transparency. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Here's the thing. No one's ever going to know if he's guilty of the crime I'm about to tell you or not, because obviously he killed himself on national TV. But how he is painted in the media and his history and his background of doing the right thing all the time. You know, like his kids mm-hmm. on the uh, documentary I watched say that when it was snowing real bad, they could have easily hired someone to come plow the snow or whatever. How it plow the snow? Yeah. What do y'all do with mm-hmm. snow up there? Yeah, yes. plow it. Plow. Break it. Yeah, they could have easily did it because it's the state treasurer. They shovel the snow. He could have easily got someone, but they didn't. And Bud Dwyer went out there himself and did it because he knows that that money is not for him to hire a snowplower for his own private residence. So he's going to do it himself. And he taught his son and his daughter those principles. So you, you go through and you really research his background and you're like, wow, what a great dude. You know what I'm saying? Great dude. So at the end of this, it's like, well, is he guilty or is he not guilty? So then you kind of have to decide. Either way, he killed himself. You know, that's not to be debated. But Like, did he commit a crime in office is what you're saying? I'm going to tell you that in a second. 
this is the letter that Bud had written about the governor's transgressions, if you want to read this. Accordingly, I must request that you reimburse the state treasury in the amount of blank dollars. Well, they they had whited it out. Attached is our itemized calculation. Sincerely, our Bud Dwyer, treasurer of Pennsylvania. So he is basically demanding, I request that you reimburse the state treasury in the amount of blank. And he is basically saying all this stuff, this itemized list, which is right here, Okay, Woo! which he also made public for Ooh-wee. the newspapers. Oh, he gonna get it. Yeah. So you see here, like $6,000. Oh, now, shit. for instance, the governor, he had the two sons, and they were going out of state tuition. They were being driven on the taxpayer's dollar. They are flying Ooh. on the taxpayer dollar. You know what I'm saying? All this stuff. And then Bud gets in there and balances the checkbook and puts a, an iron foot down. And then he's demanding the high people in office to reimburse what they already knew that they shouldn't have been spending in the first place. All right. This is from the Gettysburg Times, Tuesday, January 10th, 1984. A little newspaper I found here. Democrats call Thornburg trip junket. So this is more about the negative publicity the governor is now getting. And I'm going to put all these on talkmore.com so you guys can see it. This is all going to make sense to you in a second. Okay, so what did this guy do wrong? Bud Dwyer... He pissed off the governor. Well, he pissed off the governor, yeah, but that's not what got him oh. shot in the head. Oh, okay. I was thinking maybe the governor's planting something. During the time Bud Dwyer was getting reelected, remember that video I showed you mm-hmm. over his reelection? Yep. He was involved in a finance scandal. Oh. Now, I'm going I'm to go over the scandal. It's a little hard to understand because I'm not good with finances or finance knowledge, financial (laughs) education, either FICA scores and all that shit. But I'm going to try my best. So Bud was a financial genius. He balanced checkbook and then he's looking through the books and says, hey, guess what? The way we're doing things right now with all the paper and the pencils and all this shit, the erasers, magic erasers, pencil number twos, we need to jump into the computer age. Because now is the time of computers, you know. Mm-hmm. Amazon was launched ah. in 1996, yeah. I believe. He says we need to modernize our process and it could save us a lot of money. This is the first big task Bud told the reporters that he was going to accomplish. This snippet right here says new loan program for Pennsylvania students. Now, Bud ran the numbers and said... The state of Pennsylvania has already lost $40 million that they could get back if they implemented the right program to start getting this money back. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to explain it for you. It's a little hard to explain. It's something to do with the FICA scores and the, the teachers having paid sick days off. I do not really understand it. It's way over my head. Hmm. The bottom line is he was going to get back $40 million Somehow, by modernizing the way they tax public school systems or something like that. The only thing I can think of is if maybe banked their unused sick days and that that went back into their future retirement funds. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of is if they kept track of how many days were used versus weren't used in that amount. So basically how they were going to do that is with computers. Computers are getting more and more popular and people are starting to use them. And that's how they were going to implement this program. It, it has something to do with like algorithms and computer programs or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they had to hire a company to do this. And just like any government project, they take bids and usually the lowest bidder wins. That's when he meets the owner of CTA. It's a company out of California called Computer Technology Associates. Total legit. Definitely not there anymore. <laughs> it lasted like two years. <laughs> but they were the lowest bidders. Now, the guy that's in charge of this company, CTA, mm-hmm. is a Pennsylvania native himself. And he moved to California during this whole computer boom. 
Right. This is from the Associated Press. This is a little bit about the incorporation of CTA, the computer company. November 29th, 1982, Computer Technology Associates Limited incorporates in California. Judy Ellis is listed as chief executive officer. John Torquato Jr. as secretary. The first day of them initiating a corporation is a red flag because the actual owner is John Torquato Jr., which we're going to talk about him in a minute. But the reason he put this Judy Ellis as the primary owner is because the government, I don't know if they still do this, but they give tax breaks to females and minority business owners. That's why the whole business was under this random secretary's name that he hmm. had hired. Okay. He is the actual owner. His name is John Torcato Jr. His father, which we'll get into a little bit, he was a major mob figure hmm. in Pennsylvania and he is well known as a mob figure up there. So, you know, his son is starting this shady as computer company and then bidding for these government jobs. You can kind of see this is already shady. Oh, yes. I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hot bombs that forget about flavor. Others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make all-day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, all-day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste all-day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer and now hard seltzers, too, at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company, born and brewed in Michigan since 1997. At Speedway, no thirst goes unquenched, and that includes yours. Right now, any size Speedy Freeze or Fountain Drink is only 99 cents. Find your nearest Speedway at speedway.com locations. Speedway. Summer happens here. Excludes maximum Speedy Freeze or Fountain Drink. Here's basically what went down. John Torcado, the owner of CTA, wants this contract mm -hmm. for the state of Pennsylvania. And he really wants... One. What's that? Because it's a big one. It's a big one. And just getting the contract is going to make whoever wins it at least a million dollars. It's a big contract. Mm -hmm. Now, so he is the lowest bidder, technically. But he is not sure that he's going to get the contract. So what he does... Now, he's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. This guy, John Torcato, the owner, the mob boss's son. He's a Democrat. He decides he's got to bribe the treasurer, which is Bud Dwyer, a Republican. Mm -hmm. And he wants to bribe him with $300,000 to get the contract. Now, I'm just running over the overview of this case. It's a lot of money, though, but, especially back then. But in order to do that, he needs to find a fellow Republican to go befriend Bud Dwyer and kind of give him the offer. You know, the idea, because you don't want a Democrat coming up to a Republican and saying, hey, can I give you 300 grand for this contract? And Was obviously, that meant to be for his personal funds? Yes. Or? And which ah. is very illegal. That is. Oh, yes. yeah. So, but yeah. also seems very unlike him. But OK. Very unlike him. There you go. And I'm going to get into the evidence or should I say lack of evidence here in a minute. But as you guys probably know, they're listening out there. You cannot grant a contract to someone after getting bribed nope. and accepting the money, Correct. that is extremely illegal. Oh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> like, you can't do that. You can't do that. This right here is the guy that Torquato got to um, befriend him. give the offer to Bud. Mm -hmm. Now, this guy, William Smith, he's on a documentary as well. He's a shade basket queen, too, man. He is super shady. I'm going to get into him in a second. Yeah, he looks kind of shady. But he is supposedly friends with Bud already, and he agrees he's going to offer Bud $300,000 
to get this contract. Now, before we go any further, let me recap everything. Bud Dwyer, he's going up for re-election. He already had a very successful term as the treasurer of the state of Pennsylvania. He Mm -hmm. balanced the checkbook, which has never been done. He's saving all this money. He's a financial genius, and everyone loves him. Bud looks through the records and sees that he could save the state of Pennsylvania about $40 million by modernizing the system they have Mm -hmm. and incorporating a plan to bring back some of the income tax from the public schools. Right. So that's where we're at now. So he's looking for a computer company that can do this with technology. Okay, that's where we're at currently. That's where this guy, John Torquato, comes in. He had just started his computer company in California, in Silicon Valley. So that automatically gave him credibility right there. He wants his contract so bad because it can literally make him rich. So he wants to basically bribe his way into the contract. And the way he's going to do that is to offer Bud Dwyer $300,000. Now, he gets this guy, William Smith, to do the bidding for him because this guy is a Republican and Bud already trusts this guy. So he's going to extend the offer. February 6, 1984, William Smith and Janice Kincaid, she is a worker at CTA. She's actually the whistleblower that came forward with mm-hmm. this whole story. Scheme. February 6, 1984, William Smith and Janice Kincaid of CTA discuss a possible social security recovery project with John Pierce, a Thornburg administration aide, the governor, Thornburg member. Got it. February 27, 1984, Torquata and Smith have lunch with state treasurer R. Bud Dwyer and top aides to talk about legislation for contract. March 2nd, 1984, Torquato and Smith have breakfast meeting with Dwyer. Torquato says Smith offers Dwyer $300,000 during the meeting. William Smith says Torquato raised the topic of money. However, Bud Dwyer says no money was ever talked about. Now, hmm. Bud Dwyer has retained his innocence until the day, the second he shot himself in the head. Hmm. The press release that he was giving at the time was a suicide, but I'm innocent. I just don't want to go to prison for something I didn't do for the rest of my life. Okay. Was that he is already why he killed con- himself. Was he already convicted or was he about he to He was convicted, yeah, we'll, wow. which we'll get to. Mid-March 1984, Smith tells Torquato that Dwyer wants to have $300,000 divided in equal portions for himself, his re-election committee, and the state committee, mm-hmm. according to Smith's and Torquato's testimony. Now, you have two shady-ass people. One is the son of a mobster, mm-hmm. and the other one is just a complete shitbag, which... This guy is still in prison, not oh, even wow. for this. He he went back to prison in 2012. As oh, I'll whoa. get to in a little bit, his son is in prison for dismembering his Filipino wife. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, dear. I'm sorry. I just yes. <laughs> threw that out there wow, casually. That's, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in also a second. Also that. You know. But that's so, not a big deal. But you're going off the testimony of these two shade queens. Okay. And then Bud Dwyer's like, I've never even talked about this money or whatever. I looked at the proposal and he had a really good plan to implement this project. Like I said, this case, we know he shot himself in the head. That's the ending, but it's, but the conversation is, is he innocent or is he guilty? I mean, either way, he's dead. You're doing a good job swaying me of innocence. Yeah. John. I also <laughs> just want to take a second to appreciate the fact that you use the term shade queen. <laughs> is that is that a new th- is that like young and hip with the kids now? No, I just I that's my term. It's a new thing for you though. Yeah, I like it. I've used Shade Queen before. Uh, not that I've ever heard. I like I mean, it. I think you've used it twice this episode. You have. We're gonna go <laughs> sit under the shade tree. Shade Queen. Shade All right, queen. let's look at some of these little newspaper clippings here. This right here is from the Philadelphia Inquirer. 23rd April 1985, if you want to read this in a quiz. Another fraud attempt described at CTA trial. 
Kincaid corroborated part of Torquato's testimony, although she said much of what she learned about the machinations behind the contract came only from Torquato. I can't fucking say these names. For example, Kincaid said Torquato told her that Smith wanted her to travel from California to Harrisburg so state officials would believe that CTA was indeed operated by a woman. She said she never discussed with Smith her apprehension about participating in a lie because she thought Smith was part of the scheme. It was my understanding that Mr. Smith was aware of what was going on, she said. Kincaid also said she, her family, and her friends were afraid of Turquato after she quit working for him. She said that he has a bad temper and kept several pistols and a machine gun in his home. All right, so Torquato is obviously super shady and he actually did get prison time for this he got sentenced to four years he did plead guilty of all this stuff now he is telling the grand jury that bud dwyer accepted three hundred thousand dollars now no money has changed hands at all Hmm. and has never changed hands that that's one thing you need to keep in mind that's kind of like in in hamilton well i mean also in american history that how Alexander Hamilton, who was the first treasure secretary of the Treasury of the United States, he had an affair with a man's wife, and they accused him of using government funds to pay off the the man. However, he did not. He used his own money, and they like it was um, Senator Burr. Oh, James, that's why James he was Madison. in a duel with him. Um, uh, no, they had oh. a long, long outstanding history of they were kind of rivals but also friends it was a weird thing Mm. you really need to listen to hamilton it's actually coming to north charleston um hopefully anyway so so hamilton paid off james reynolds who whose wife he slept with with his own funds but burr madison and jefferson all were like hey like use the government's money like how shady of you and he was like actually no i actually did sleep with this guy's wife but i actually used my own money i categorically deny my opponent auditor general al benedict's allegation that a three hundred thousand dollar kickback was involved with the computer technology associates fica recovery contract i'm joanne dwyer we've always had fun campaigning but this year it's been different because our family has been attacked in an ugly and personal way and it has hurt us Now, the golden rule, this is from Torquato right here. This is what he says. The golden rule, money greases the wheels of business politics, Torquato says. So this whole article is about how this guy bribes people. That's it. That's the business model. That's what he does. That's what he does, man. He just bribes government officials. That's all he does. And he came out and admitted all of it. The world, according to John Turquato Jr., is a place where fates in business and politics are dictated by the golden rule. He who has the golden rule, says the government's star witness in the Computer Technology Associates bribery trial. Turquato, 49, has made several similar observations about life in the six days he has spent on the witness stand in the trial of two CTA attorneys. That's from the Pittsburgh Press. 14th, April, 1985. This is from the Daily Item, 24th of August, 1985. This is about William Smith, if you want to read it. Smith, 48, former co-chairman of the Dauphin County Republican Party, was convicted June 24th of conspiracy, mail fraud, and interstate transportation in aid of racketeering for taking part in a scheme by California-based Computer Technology Associates to obtain lucrative government contracts through bribe offers. Smith was sentenced to 12 years in prison, but is free pending appeals. The letter from McDonald said Smith's legal expenses had already exceeded $200,000. In 2012, Smith was convicted of arson and insurance fraud while facing disbarment. He's also an attorney. Oh. And investigation for taking funds from his clients' estates. In 2014, he was again sentenced for conspiring to help his son escape by filing a false criminal complaint to have him temporarily extradited from Peru back to Pennsylvania. So his son actually dismembered his wife 
his Peruvian wife, and he's still in prison for it. And this guy tried to get his son out of prison. So he went back to jail, too. I mean, it's just like these guys are just fucking completely shady, bags. Gee, Yeah, they're all fucking sleaze bags. Slime balls. Before we get into the evidence, this is what ultimately found Dwyer guilty. July 6th, 1984, the FBI searches Toquato Home Office in Newport Beach, California. Agent sees computer printouts identifying Dwyer, a $300,000, quote, partner in the plan. Nothing in his computer was signed by Bud Dwyer. There was no correspondence from Bud Dwyer's office to Torquato found on his computer. All that was on his computer was a plan stating Bud Dwyer, the treasurer, was in on the scheme that Torquato had personally typed in his own computer. You see what I'm saying? That's like, all right, this is like saying this. Let's say I uh, steal a Van Gogh painting. Yep. Right? I come home, and you know nothing about it, but I type in my computer, oh, Nicole helped me, she was the getaway driver, all this stuff. You didn't have anything to do with it. Anyway, I get arrested, they find the painting, and then they arrest you and charge you only because I said in my computer that you helped me. Like a diary entry. It's a diary. Even Mm. though you had no idea I did that. And they convict you and find you guilty simply because I said in my diary that you helped me. Yeah, that ain't That is the only thing they convicted him with. Ooh. Ooh, that ain't good. (laughs) Bud Dwyer said over and over and over again, he had no idea about $300,000. This is the guy that won't even hire a snowplower man to come snow the plows. He does it himself. The corporate records were stored on computer tapes. When the FBI seized the disk, took them to Quantico, they were able to duplicate the programs in the computer, and they were able to uh, really reproduce the evidence showing who was slated to receive bribes. Okay, that was the prosecutor, James West. Now, he's an up-and-coming kind of guy, and he really wants this conviction because it's going to make him the man, I guess. They also call him Jimmy the Weasel. Man, that, those <laughs> nicknames in the 80s were really spectacular. Okay, and guess what who his you? best friend is? Torquato. His best friend is the governor, ah. the same one that Bud Dwyer says, you need to stop flying your wife to come visit you, and you need to pay that money back. Hot guess dog. who's best friends with Thornburg? You see how, that's why I made that connection about, uh, House of Cards. Diggity dog. This is a House of Cards episode. That's all this is. That's why you gotta. You can't be personal in politics. No, man. it's ruthless. Yep. No one really believes that Bud Dwyer is guilty. I well, mean, apparently, I mean, I, what was the public sentiment like? Did they the, believe he was innocent or guilty? Most people don't believe he's guilty. Like some, I would think that maybe the public sentiment. And if there was good support behind him and a good case for an appeal, I'm surprised that he would kill himself, though. I feel like with that, though, it wouldn't be difficult to take it personally because he was personally targeted. It wasn't as if he, you know, messed with the books, per se. It was he accepted a personal bribe which spoke about his character as a person. So, yeah, that that would be hard. I mean, I can't really put myself in anyone's shoes, but I, would, I could imagine it would be hard to not take it personally. I want to say before we go any further, there were a lot of other people involved directly into this, and the only one, well, there was two people that got charged that were politicians, was... Bud Dwyer was the main guy. He's the treasurer. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was like senators involved. Mm. 
in literally the actual scam, like they knew about the whole thing and they were trying to get on it. None of those people were charged. The grand jury only decided to indict this guy. And the reason why is because Thornburg, the governor, going back five years earlier mm-hmm. when he was publicly outed about using the funds, he hired James West, the lawyer, their best friends. He brought him in to prosecute his own treasurer. It was a personal blow against Bud yeah. Dwyer. Yeah, totally. Here's Jimmy the Weasel. They agreed to take bribes, uh, and they agreed to uh, use their offices, both as the treasurer and as the state Republican chairman, in order to influence a multi-million dollar state contract. No money has exchanged hands. There was no communication from Bud to Torquato that said, okay, we'll do it. They were literally going off the ramblings of this guy on his computer and the testimony of that guy and the other shade dude. Now, check this out. This is what the defense brought up about Torquata. Torquata testified that he had been a heavy drinker for at least 10 years. He was drinking vodka tonics. He would drink slowly and continually until retired late at night. So what he wrote in his diary on the computer at night when he was blasted out of his mind drunk was, I got Bud Dwyer in my pocket. He agreed. I'm going to give him $300,000. He's going to split it three ways. This was in his computer. That's all they found. And the defense is like, this guy's a fucking drunk. Look at all this stuff. Torquato, whose credibility has been questioned by the defense, admitted being an excessive drinker for at least 10 years. He was a functional alcoholic. He said that he had probably been drinking prior to any afternoon meetings he had with state officials. Hmm. How the fuck can you trust this guy? Yeah, not exactly a sterling reputation. Fuck no. <laughs> Cred- no, not a credible no credibility source, at all. No. Now, here's where Bud went wrong. They approached Bud and it's like, because this was a personal bout between Thornburg, the governor, which right. he outed, and Bud. And the governor's like, all you got to do is resign your position. And this whole thing will go away. Mm. This whole thing, all you got to do is step out of office, go get a nice teaching job, settle down, all this stuff, and, you're, and we're good. He said, no, because I'm innocent. I didn't do this. So I want to go to court and battle this. I don't know what will happen as far as a verdict regarding the two people on trial, but uh, there's just been a plethora of uh, lies from their government's uh, main witness, uh, you know, from A to Z, and he's, I guess this of the day, has even admitted he's lied quite a bit. So what do they do? They can't have the court here in their hometown because everyone knows about the battle. So they go up further up north into the mountains. Now, they got a 12-person jury like always, but most of the jurors didn't even have college degrees. They had high school degrees. That was it. And the reason that's important, here you got Bud Dwyer with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in political science and finance and all this stuff. And this trial, which is about shit that I can't even explain on this podcast, FICA scores, tax revenue, deferment plans. Like, you go 12 weeks sitting in the courtroom, your eyes are probably bleeding. You're like, what the fuck are they talking about? You really think these jurors knew what the fuck was going on? Shit, fuck no. That's a good point. So, of course they found him guilty, and that really done it for him. You know, they found him guilty, which is, it could be 55 years in prison. Yikes. So that's where he went wrong, I believe. I think he should have just took it to a judge because, you know, you can you can uh, bypass your trial by a jury and just get tried by a judge. I think that would have been the best plan. But what Bud Dwyer wanted to do, in my opinion, now, some people believe he is guilty. But in my opinion, from what I the little I know about him so far is that he was innocent and he wanted to clear his name. And the best way to do that is by a jury of 12 of your peers but they're not really his peers because they didn't have all the education and finance that he did so they didn't understand what was going on and ultimately they just saw some politician that had swindled three hundred thousand dollars 
You know what I'm saying? That's my opinion. Mm. And then at the end of the day, his reputation's completely shot and and everything else, you know, and he he went to the grave. He killed himself. With Don Shriver, Joey Stevens, and John Evans, this is Action News 24. The federal conviction last night of State Treasurer R. Breyer of Meadville and former (laughs) State Republican Chairman Robert Asher was the talk of the state today. Both men were found guilty of all federal criminal counts related to a bribery conspiracy scheme with a California computer company which sought a state contract. This is a sad and shocking day for me. Totally unbelievable. I'm totally innocent of all of these charges and I don't know how this could happen. State Treasurer R. Breyer will stay on the job at least for now. Dwyer and former state GOP chairman Robert Asher were convicted on all counts last night following four days of deliberations by a federal court jury in Williamsport. The jury spent more than 20 hours over four days weighing the evidence against the two men. And when it was over, their verdict was guilty. For prosecutor James West, the case was a major victory. Reaction to the verdict, I think we were very pleased. The jury did a very conscientious job. It was a very hard-working jury. Uh, I think they approached the indictment in a very systematic manner and went through it, and we were certainly pleased with the results of their work. Well, that's it. Fucking crazy, that's isn't sad. it? sad. That is a bummer. What do you think? I mean, I know I didn't present too much evidence, but, I mean, they, they convicted them based off two guys and one guy's computer documents. Well, I, th- I think how you put it best was, you know, your kind of Van Gogh analogy. If that's really the basis of what they convicted him on. That's all they convicted him on, yeah. That is not reasonable doubt. No, and, it's not. It's um, like, that's what you need. I think it was set up. I don't think ultimately that anyone knew that he was going to kill himself. I think the governor set him up for all this, obviously, because yeah. he had a personal vendetta against him. Mm-hmm. I believe that the governor thought he was just going to resign. Right. You know? That's what he wanted. He told yeah. them that. But he, you I know, mean, so why I can make res- this all go away. Yeah. Why resign, though, if you're innocent and yeah. you think you can. And you're doing such a great job. You lose. Exactly. You're going to save the you state lose. $40 million. You lose exactly. either way. It's either like time. that's why that's why I brought up that house of cards, because, you know, if he wouldn't have took it personally, he would have just said, fuck it. I'm resigning, you know, but. Yeah. Instead, that's that's what he said. That's he would have resigned and gone to figure something else yeah. out. You know what I mean? That's how you. That's that's yeah. politics. Is you resign yeah. and then you go after the a bigger job. That suicide video is Oof. real, man. And it's at first I I didn't think it was real, but yeah, it's hundred percent real. They got it. Everything. It's you know. But now it's part of history. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I know it's gruesome to watch, but Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. How did you pick this story, John? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just found this. And I was like, wow, oh, this is a crazy story. Fascinating. Like when I first saw the video, it had like no title on it or whatever. You know, I found it on some website or whatever. And so I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was going to shoot somebody or something. And then I was like, whoa, what the fuck? Hmm. Yeah, that's what I thought at first when he pulled the gun. I thought he yeah. was going to shoot someone yeah. in the room. But then if you watch the video again... He says, everyone stay back. This could hurt someone. So that right there, that's his last words, man. Yeah. That kind of tells you what kind of guy this that's kinda, Bud Dwyer was. Don't, he doesn't want anyone to get hurt. And I believe that's why he went so quick and shot himself because yeah. people were approaching and he knew that it could hurt someone. So that's why he went ahead and just did it. It's just yeah. like, wow, even like killing yourself, you're a good guy. You know, it's like, fuck, man. So I guess we'll we'll never know, you know, if he was guilty yeah. or innocent. Oh. But oh, yeah. even if he was guilty, I mean, dude, people people make mistakes. You know, people give in to temptations, man. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, he could have did like prisons. That's yeah, it. but it would have probably been like 10 max, you know, not even that. Yeah, yeah, since no money actually exchanged hands. No money. Like yeah, that. it, yeah, it, it would. It could have been thrown out. But well, yeah. that's what I was like, it could have been appealed. It yeah, appealed been... everything. You know. So, fucking crazy. Yeah. 
If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you use. If you like this story, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our treasurer, go to talkmer.com slash join, become a Talkers Supremo, get a badass t-shirt, sticker, swag, a lot of love, shout it out all over the place. Tell me what story you want me to do. I'll research it, dedicate it you here on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John here with Jen and Nicole. And until next time, good night to you lovely, lovely people. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.